Welcome to The Health Coach Show. I'm Siobhan Conn. I'm Sharon Curtin. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at what is health coaching, what it isn't, and what you should be looking for if you're thinking of working with a health coach or becoming one. So there's different elements of health coaching, behavior change psychology, performance coaching, and practitioner skills. There's so many different parts that have been borrowed, I think, Siobhan, into the whole health coaching paradigm. And the beauty, isn't it, that it's taken all of these pearls of wisdom from, you know, something like behavior change psychology, where there's, you know, motivational interviewing, which a lot of health practitioners do. There's positive psychology, um, stages of change. And we use all of those in our toolkit. Yeah, absolutely. It draws from so many different behavior change theories and models and different disciplines. And I think that's the beauty of health coaching. It's we learn all these um, different sort of tools in our tools kit, toolkit and different techniques. And with this underpinning um, positive psychology and that um, appreciation for uh, what is what is good in someone and what they can become and what is possible. Um, but we we don't just rely on one sort of discipline. It's not just about something like MI. It is so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and then there's also the performance coaching. So all of that, you know, um, workplace, um, all of the goal setting theory and solution focused coaching that you might see more, you know, in a workplace and in sort of, you know, career development. We've also borrowed a lot of those techniques and, and strategies and underpinning theories as well. So we've, you know, we've, we've almost cherry picked I think in some ways, the best of different types of coaching paradigms. And we've put them together with the skills of the practitioner because, you know, most health practitioners are client-centered, they've got great rapport, you know, they've usually got a good base of communication skills. And so when you sort of add coaching onto that really positive foundation, you end up with this, um, a really supercharged health practitioner, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it is the the practitioner, as you say, we as a health professional, we have those underpinning skills and we have that background. And I think we have so many things that are um, come naturally to us, like as you say, empathy and whatnot. And it really is just building upon that and adding those skills and techniques and uh, uh, knowledge to to bring out the best in us as a practitioner and really enable us to support someone to be that best version of themselves and and really achieve their health-related goals for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, thinking about people who aren't health practitioners or who aren't health professionals when they become health coaches, they often have those underpinning, you know, they they want to help. They often have that beautiful empathy and ability to relate as well, which is what makes them great health coaches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people that are naturally drawn to health, as you say, are naturally caring people. They really want to help. They really want to make a difference. And they're super enthusiastic as well, which I think is really important and curious. I think that's the thing we attract into coaching, people that are naturally really curious, empathetic, um, and are perfectly suited to bring out the best in someone and really be fantastic listeners and help someone understand themselves to achieve change. Yeah. So something that we get asked a lot is around motivational interviewing or MI. 
And I think because it's just so popular, don't you think, Siobhan, like there's so many health practitioners who are doing MI. It's sort of not that it's the flavor of the month, but it's a really great foundational skill that health practitioners are turning to to help them be better at what they do. Yeah, I think it's just really well known, like what you said in terms of flavor of the month. A lot of people go, oh, my goodness, I want to help my clients or I want to help people create change and MI is very well known as something that can really help someone um, tap into their motivation, uh, particularly when they're unsure, um, you know, when their confidence is a bit low, you know, when, they, when they're not really sure of um, what it's going to take make, to make a difference and, and make a change. So, yeah, it, it, and it's absolutely key in health coaching, uh, the skills, the spirit. Uh, we really do look to MI to help people who are, inverted commas, stark. Um, however, it's just one element of health coaching. Yeah, and I think when I first started studying health coaching, I did an MI course and it was brilliant. And I really, I think it was the first time I, I understood that everything I was doing as a dietitian was wrong in terms of, well, not wrong, actually more just ineffective in terms of helping someone to change. But I did, I've got to say, it was just a short course and I did at the at the end feel a bit lost, like, well, you know, <laughs> what do I what do I do? Do I just sit there and ask them questions and reflect what they say? So I think, um, you know, MI is so much more than just that. It is it is actually a guiding style. There is a strategy to the way that you reflect and the way that you listen um, and how you use the, the reflections and summaries and affirmation to kind of build that confidence and and build the importance as well. Yeah, and, and like what you said too, I think with MI, um, when you do think something like a weekend course or MI is something that really does take time and practice. And I think that is that is actually a key element with MI too. It's not something that you can just learn overnight. You really need to practice these skills over and over and over again to uh, learn when to use them, how to use them effectively. And the other thing, like what you said too, in understanding more, not just this little techniques in terms of the reflective questions, et cetera, it really is, as you say, that guiding style of communication that we really need to learn, which isn't just about sitting back and just listening and letting the client meander around wherever they, you know, want to go because we're not being directive and we're not telling them what to do, um, uh, which is the other side where when, when we're directing and giving information advice and telling someone what to do, that's definitely not coaching and that won't necessarily, you know, lead to behaviour change. MI is that beautiful place in the middle where it's a guiding style, where we are listening really well and intently and we are reflecting in a way that, support someone to really look inside themselves and understand themselves better and know what it takes to then step forward and, and create change. Yeah, and, and I think probably the things that I've borrowed the most from MI or the, or the toolkit of MI that I use the most, it really is for those, I mean, MI was designed for people who are ambivalent. So, you know, the, the rating scores, you know, the um, giving something an important score for import an important score from zero to 10 or giving it a confidence score from zero to 10 or, you know, using those skills to connect them to their own importance, their own motivators. I think they're probably, you know, the change talk and, and dealing with the sustain talk, they're probably the skills I use the most from MI, as well as, of course, the oars, the open-ended questions, the affirming, the reflections and the summaries, which, you know, they're, they're not just MI, they're micro counselling skills. But 
they're probably the things that I use the most out of MI, I think, when I'm health coaching. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And also, though, I think initially when you, you use MI, you learn around, uh, you learn those principles of uh, evoking, you know, how to support someone to come up with their own ideas for change, their reasons for change, that whole collaboration, that whole um not going back to the writing reflex we have, which is, I want to save you. I can see what you're doing and it's not going to lead to a great outcome. Um, so therefore, I'm going to tell you what to do, how to do it, and I'm just going to pull you back from the edge, which we know actually makes people rebel when they're on like a seesaw of ambivalence and, and go, no, hang on a second. This sounds like you're telling me what to do or pushing me in the direction. And I'm going to tell you all the reasons why I can't go in that direction and why I, you know, want to do whatever it is or, or stay stuck. Um, and that's what I, I loved about MI too, really learning <laughs> that by, you know, uh, us jumping in to save someone, it doesn't necessarily end up in someone wanting to create change. Yeah. And I think um, when I sort of looked at, you know, at the spirit of of MI, it's so aligned with coaching. It's all about autonomy. It's all about developing a partnership. It's all about letting the client realise that, um, it's their life and we use their experiences in order to build something that's going to work going forward. Mm, yeah, absolutely. But then like, as you said before too, um, it's used alongside other um, skills, other disciplines and things like positive psychology, appreciate inquiry are absolutely key in health coaching where we are asking questions around, you know, what is working? What have you tried? What is possible? And we're really getting people to look at the glass half full as opposed to, you know, what hasn't worked for you and, oh, you know, getting uh, stuck in that sort of spiral of what's not working, um, which people obviously feel not great about themselves. Uh, they might start to feel hopeless. The confidence goes down. Positive psychology and appreciative inquiry helps someone to go, what am I capable of? What is possible? A lot hasn't been working, but what has been working well that I can draw upon and keep you know, that as a, as a building block going forward? Yeah, and I think the skills that you develop you know, when you first start, obviously, you know, you're, you're just kind of, oh, is that important to you? And uh, reflecting and summarising and then you get um, you get much better at pulling those other skills in, you know, even when they're at early stages of change, you know, uh, building building that momentum by helping them to see what they do right and, and then using the self-determination theory to build that intrinsic motivation and pulling in a little bit of CBT to help them to reframe their thinking. So, you know, I always laugh when when people call themselves like a nutrition coach or a, they call them a health coach, but they haven't done any health coaching study. And they think that just because they're a really nice person and they're really caring and they really want to see people change, that that makes them a coach. But actually coaching is all of these skills. It's this gigantic toolkit of behavior change skills that we dip in and out of according to the client that's in front of us and what we're hearing. Mm, exactly. So we've now got this industry body, Health Coaches Australia, New Zealand Association or HECANSA, and that's the way that you can tell if someone has done the training, if they've got the specific skill set to actually call themselves a health coach. And it's it's really exciting <laughs> that we've now got this governing body, we've got this association now that has set the gold standard for the industry 
and we've set the gold standard for training. So when you go on the website uh, of Hakanza, you can find all different courses that meet uh, the set of competencies uh, that are required uh, now on a, a national level. And you can also find health coaches that have been trained to that standard. Yeah, and it's fantastic because anyone, you know, a bit like nutritionist, anyone can call themselves a health coach. You don't have to have a certain level of qualification. And so you've got this inconsistency in what of service and service delivery and what you can expect from a health coach. So now we've got Hikanza, you know, we can now start to sift through and people can have their um, accredited health and wellness coach logo on their website so that you'll know, you know, if you're if you're a dietitian and you're wanting to, to um, recommend a health coach to one of your clients, you want to know that they're trained properly. And so if they've got that um, Hikanza badge or if they're on the Hikanza website, then you know that they have got that gold standard for training. They have met the competency. And so all the approved programs like us, we have to meet that criteria. We go through this you know, we, we basically leap through hoops to prove that we um, teach the competencies and we assess the competencies in our programs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when health coaches go through our training and other training that has met these standards, as you say, there's a consistency to these health coaches and they've agreed to a code of conduct. They maintain their professional development. It's that standard that, as you say, if you're another health practitioner and you're wanting to refer, you can trust in a cancer health coach. And also, if you're looking for a health coach as well, it's the, it's the highest level of health coaching in Australia and New Zealand. So, again, you know, you're looking for a cancer health coach to, to work with if you want that highest level uh, trained health coach. Um, so it's, it's it's really exciting now, as you say, because there hasn't been regulation in the industry that we now have this association that we can be part of, we can look to, we can refer to. Um, and it's it's growing. If you are a health coach, it's a fantastic organisation to join as well. Um, we we absolutely love the events, etc. So it's um can't say anything but good things about Hakanza, Sharon. <laughs> yes, well, I, I'm also on the board. I better disclose that. I'm also on the board of Hakanza. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm leading the charge for advocating and levels of, you know, um, the recognition. So, yeah, definitely Hakanza is, is the way forward. So something that people get really confused about with health coaching is not only what it is but what it isn't. And so what it isn't is it isn't therapy. So health coaching, we, we always say health coaching is forward facing. So we don't go into the past and try to heal the past, which counseling does or, or other types of therapy. So even though we use some of those counseling skills like the oars, we are not counselors. That is not the role that we play as health coaches. Yeah, absolutely. We're not digging into people's problems. We're, as you say, it's looking forward. We're looking at their own resources and skill set that they can draw upon to move forward. And we're always looking at what, you know, what is possible, um, where can you head towards. And I think that's um, one, you know, we stay in scope by practicing that way. Um, but it's also a really positive place to practice in. And it's a really positive experience when you're working with a health coach when they are you know, not digging into your problems, but they're basically saying, you know, what skills do you have? What What is possible? Where, what could you become and, and how can we get there? Yeah, and, and I've found that, um, you know, when you when you aren't trained in this and, and you do inadvertently find yourself in the middle of someone's problem and maybe you ask them, oh, um, you know, a question that 
that brings them back into that space, they, they end up getting stuck and you get stuck. Whereas with the health coaching, we create that momentum by, you know, learning from the past. So we don't ignore, we don't ignore anything that might've happened in the past or belief systems, but we use those to create forward momentum to move towards their goals. Yeah. It's like, what have you learned from that? And how has that experience, um, how can that experience help you to then move forward exactly as opposed to getting um, stuck and as you said, it creates that momentum. And that's really exciting about health coaching. You always feel like you're moving forward and it's exciting space for someone who's working with a health coach and it's exciting as a health coach. Yeah. So when we talk about what health coaching is and we talk about that forward momentum, we're really talking about, you know, how do you move someone from the stage of change they're in to taking action. So they might not take action straight away, but we're always moving them closer and closer and closer to change. And we're moving them closer and closer to something that they want to change. Um, So that kind of connecting to that intrinsic motivation and helping them to identify what they really, really want in life and then building the plan to get them there. That's, that sort of encapsulates what we do as health coaches. Yeah, absolutely. It it really is about helping someone to understand themselves at that really deep level we're not telling someone the reasons why they should change and how they should change but we're getting someone to really understand what makes them tick and what makes them feel um feel like this is really important in their life it's part of their identity it is part of their value system and when we as a health coach can enable someone to really see the really important reasons for, for why they, you know, why we change and why we want to um, maintain that change. Uh, that's, that's the key to motivation, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and if you think of some of the, um, you know, some of the clients you've seen, um, Siobhan, they've, they have really, really small, but significant reasons to change. So, you know, maybe they, they're getting older and they talk about doing strength, strengthening exercises we as health professionals might think oh that's the reason they want to change but actually when you dig down to it they want to change because they're so sick of asking their husband to open the jar for them you know like it's that's what I think I love about health coaching is you find these little nuggets of motivation that we couldn't possibly ever come up with and that's why we can't tell them what motivates them because they're the only people that know what those little nuggets of motivation that actually have meaning for them are yeah, exactly. So so I guess what you're saying too with coaching is it really is about that deep level of listening that we do where we don't just jump to conclusions or, or assume something. We, we sometimes can use cues to maybe say, I wonder if this is going on or, um, but we don't just go, okay, now the solution is da-da-da-da. We, we listen really deeply and we, we get really curious, but we also ask these questions which enable that client to then go well you know the real reason as you said is because I want to be able to open the jar and we go oh as you said we would never have thought of that if we kept going what about this or why it might be helpful for this so we actually it's really time effective as well more really efficient and really rewarding for us as a coach and and as a client because we're actually getting getting to the heart of the matter a lot quicker and you know clients are getting results a lot quicker which is rewarding for both of us right (laughs) Are so rewarding for both of us. Um, and, and you know, that's that's those evoking skills that we talked about earlier, you know, really, really getting them to talk themselves into change by evoking those deep reasons for change or 
you know, helping to evoke the barriers because quite often people don't really know why they're stuck. They kind of know, but they've never stopped to really think about it. And I've also found that sometimes the things keeping someone stuck can be a really small belief, which is obviously having a big impact, or it could be a really small thing like they need to reset their password for something. And so they just don't. And so they don't do a behavior for months because they, you know, it seems really hard to have to reset their password. And then when you when they're they're given those skills or knowledge, it takes two seconds to overcome those barriers. So I think sometimes in health coaching, we're helping people to sift through the barriers and and identify them, um, work out which ones can be changed, which ones can't be changed. We talk about reframing. So sometimes a barrier feels like a barrier and then all of a sudden it can be seen as an opportunity. Yeah, I think with what you're saying here is, is we really help people to think deeply, as you say, reframe and and so reframe something to a more positive enabling mindset. But then that word mindset, we're really supporting people to um have a different mindset with coaching where they're not just sitting there as a passive person where we give them a plan and they implement it. Da, da, da. You know, we're we're getting people to go, you know what, you're a really active person in your health here, and it's up. It's up to you to think really deeply around what what are the things that are keeping you stuck, whether it is something like a belief system or, as you say, something really simple um, or not simple because I've not thought of it that before, but simple to then change. Um, And then once people have this mindset of can-do mindset, um, understand myself more, have the, the tools I need to change, then that is so empowering for someone to then work with a health coach and then understand what it takes to then change other behaviours and other habits because they understand that uh, that framework and the thought process that's involved um, as opposed to, like I said before, you know, all that sort of 12-week program stuff or follow this program and then you'll, you know, get A, B and C or get a better diet, et cetera. Yeah, it's not that short-term um, I'll just change this for now. It's that really, you know, long-term, it's that long-term view of this is all achievable and, you know, starting really small and then building on the actions and building the confidence that comes with that. And then they change their identity. So they 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 become someone who walks every day or, you know, that, that, that um, oh, I'm lazy, I'm lazy or I'm not sporty. That can change just by those small wins and that small change that leads to a big change in identity yeah no absolutely and that and that I as you say that identity is is key someone has to see themselves as that to then become that and as a health coach though we help and we work with someone to get that identity clear but then as you say about small steps work out what steps and what um progress is going to work for that client. Like some clients can make a bigger change, some clients will make a littler change. Um, and we can tailor our approach and work with that client so that they are progressing at the right rate for them to then step into this identity that they really aspire to. It is this happiest, content, you know, satisfied person. Um, you know, that's the ideal version that they they want to work towards and become they may have been that person in the past or they're aspiring to just be the best version of themselves in the future yeah um and I was just as you were talking I was just thinking about the um you know this this skill set that is health coaching and how you can tell if someone's not coaching the minute they say I tell my clients to 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm a blah, blah, blah coach, whether it's a nutrition coach or, a, you know, whatever it is, or I do coaching in my practice. And then they're like, yeah. And then I tell my clients and then I'm <laughs> like, um, <laughs> don't think that's coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the, the client is the expert. So it's not like we don't provide information and advice because of course we do, if we've got expertise and, and it's going to benefit our clients with permission, we, we offer that up and we, and often um, when they want it, it's really, really useful. But with our clients, you know, we need them to come up with the solutions and we need them to come up with the goals because our goals aren't their goals. They, they don't have meaning. So if we, we say, so, okay, well, how about you just start walking every morning? Or how about you just try and have an extra vegetable at dinner? That's not important to them. So we've got to, we've got to start where they are and where they feel ready to, to make a change. And that might be having more fun. You know, they might think, oh, I want more lightness and play in my life. So your goals might be around, you know, how they can play or how they can have more um, connection with friends. And and then that changes other behaviours in their life. But, you know, as health professionals, sometimes we're like, you know, you need to sleep more, you need to eat more vegetables, you need to exercise every day. And we forget that we need to start with what our clients want to do and then let things cascade from there. I think that, that is a, a really good point about that digging down and under because sometimes clients will come to us and say, oh, you know, I want this. Or because we're, we've got expertise in a particular area, we just focus on an area instead of going, well, what do you actually really want? It's like when, when clients come and say, oh, you know, I want to lose weight. What do you actually really want? Like, what do you want from your life? Where do you, what's sitting under that? Oh, well, actually, you know, I actually really want to feel um, free again and have a good relationship with food. And I want to feel worthy again. And I want to feel content and I want to be a role model for my kids. And you start to dig down a lot of it, you know, under that, um, I guess, that surface, um, I guess, in inverted commas, problem or issue that they come come to see you with. And then you get to the crux of what they actually really want. And then, you know, okay, well, what is needed for you to get to that place? And that's a really interesting thing about coaching. We start going, okay, well, part of it is my health and these aspects of it. And part of it is also, you know, um, the fact I want to let go of this certain belief system that is telling me I need to be a certain way. And part of it is that I've had, um, you know, these people in my life that have been telling me certain things that has been bringing me down. And, you know, it's, again, we don't get into this counselling role, but we, we, we map it all out. And then we support someone with, okay, well, what are the steps you needed are needed to take in each one of those areas? And then over time, obviously coaching is something that takes time. We work with someone to uh, address each one of these areas to then put the pieces of the puzzle together and work towards that, you know, ideal as a optimal version of themselves. Yeah. And I see, um, I see a lot of talk about habits. And I used to be, you know, so, so obsessed with habits because I thought habits were the key to behavior change. And then, you know, with health coaching, we realize it's got to start with motivation. It's got to start with those deep, those deep reasons to change. And then once you've got the behavior starting to happen, that's when habits come into place. So there's a whole lot of work to do with someone way before you even start to work on habits. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that so we say we go we say talking about going under the iceberg, don't we? Yeah, yeah. 
under that, well, there's the top of the iceberg that you see and then there's what hides underneath the water level, which is so much, you know, often bigger than what you initially appears to be the problem or the, the issue. Absolutely. So that's what health coaching is. Essentially, we're behaviour change experts that help to empower clients to live their healthiest life. And we do that by helping them to create new positive behaviours and and habits. And we offer courses in behaviour changes. We're pretty passionate. You know, we're both dietitians and health coaches. So we'd love you to connect with us. We share little videos on our Instagram page. We've got a website where all our courses are. Um, we've got Facebook, LinkedIn, and we'd love you to email us if you've got questions or if you'd like to know more about health coaches. We often get people um, contacting us because they want a health coach. So feel free. We will try and connect you with someone as well. And um, yeah, we'd love we'd love you to be in contact with us. Yeah, absolutely. So just for our email, info at accreditedhealthcoaching.com.au or jump on our website, accreditedhealthcoaching.com.au or just Google Accredited Health Coaching Australia or jump on our Instagram, accredited underscore health coaching underscore AU. As Sharon said, we'd love to hear from you, um, whether you, as she said, whether you want a health coach, whether you want to become a health coach, whether you are already a health coach, but you'd love to become a Hakansi health coach. Um, we offer things like gap training and assessments if that's um, what you need. Um, but, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward to speaking with you soon.